Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Coming Up Next, the podcast. Whether you're streaming or downloaded the show, I, uh, I appreciate your listenership. And um, if you want the show to be more streamlined to you, uh, all you have to do is go on your iTunes, on your Stitcher or your Podbean application, hit subscribe, and then the show, like clockwork, every week will download into your pocket or onto your computer, which I assume you probably can't fit into your pocket unless you're talking about your handheld supercomputer, which is otherwise known as your phone. Sam Hirschfelder joins me for episode number 123 of Coming Up Next, the podcast. Sam was in London with uh, his new project or a new project that he's a part of, Benjamin Booker. Um, and has previously played with Chet Faker. So he's, uh, he knows a thing or two about banging the drum in front of uh, a lot of people uh, very proficiently. He's also establishing himself as a composer now for film, TV commercials, TV documentary, that sort of thing. Uh, Sam invited me to come to his show, The Benjamin Booker Show, um, we recorded this podcast during the sound check of the uh, of the support act, so I do apologise for the loud noise in the background. Uh, I was having to ride the levels a little bit, so I uh, do apologise in advance for the loud and soft uh, nature of this particular ramble. But that said, I uh, I think Sam has some pretty uh, amazing things to share, and I uh, I really enjoyed sitting down with Sam Hirschfelder for episode 123 of Coming Up Next. feel to be in uh, in london again uh it's 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 nice um london's a city where uh i'm i, I have mixed feelings a lot of people will say you yeah. know i i tell a lot of people i have mixed feelings i went through a very very bad breakup the first time i came here yeah right so i don't know if it's if it's worn off yet <laughs> <laughs> how long ago was that that was a long time ago that was seven eight years ago now yeah right so but we're here, and you know it's. I have to say it's nice to nice to have a bit of rain, a bit of wind, a bit of cold. <laughs> you don't get a lot of that in LA. You might be one of the only Australians who would make that statement in London. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's funny. I was um I was on the I was in the van driving through Germany, and it was like really windy and raining, and it, it felt like something out of I don't know King Lear or something. You know, it felt like the world was about to end, and I I absolutely loved it. Yeah, right. You know, put on a nice soundtrack and stared out the window because <laughs> you you don't see that every day mm. in the Californias. No. No, it's usually one mode. Yep, that's right. Sunshine. Yep, which, you know, I mean, you can't complain about that either, really. So you're based in LA now? Yep. How long have you been based in LA for? I've been in LA for just over three years. Yeah. And how do you find it compared to 
Did you move there from Melbourne? Yeah, I moved there from Melbourne. Um, I I really like it. It's it's really nice. It's um, uh, I find everyone is very uh, everyone's very interested, you know. Yeah. In in what you're doing, I mean, it might have something to do with my accent. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's. Uh, have you found that your accent gets you? through doors yeah i mean it it definitely it's at least an icebreaker mm. you know but uh there's a lot of australians in la and australians seem to have a good reputation at the moment anyway <laughs> in la yeah. we've you know we haven't quite worn worn out our welcome i think australians have a reputation of being hardworking and yeah. fairly diligent with uh with with their craft that's yeah that's true that's true but yeah, it's it's nice. I like I like living in LA. I think it's important to, as you know, to switch it up a bit, stretch your uh, comfort zones. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, get out of the old Aussie bubble, <laughs> as beautiful and comfortable as it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, to track back a little bit, you, you kind of grew up, I guess, surrounded by music. Your mm-hmm. your old man's a composer, yep. very well known composer. What was it like, I guess, for you? Just uh, at the sa- at your sound check, actually. Yeah, sorry uh, about that. You <laughs> might you might get a little bit of that, bit of feedback. Yeah. Um, what was uh, what was it like? I guess to grow up in that sort of environment. Uh, it was. I mean, it was. I I think that I had one of the. I mean, I had the best childhood one could hope for. Really, uh, you know, my parents were great, and. Uh, um, you know, people. It's funny when people ask this because I feel like they expect me to say, "Oh, I was locked in a room for seven hours a day <laughs> and <laughs> and told to practice piano until my fingers bled," which uh, was not true at all. My, I feel like my father was um, very cautious about uh, you know pushing pushing me in a certain direction. Mm. Um, he was, but but he was also very encouraging. Um, but yeah, there was. I mean, there was always music around, and uh, it was just a great environment for trying new things. And um, you know, it also was. I mean, you know, having a very successful father is. Uh, you know, it was was also a little daunting at times. You know, especially when I knew that I wanted to be a musician. Yeah. And it was and it was hard sometimes at university because everyone knew my last name and. But can't really hide from it, can no, you? No, you can't hide from it. But um, once I overcame, you know, once I overcame that, and um, I, you know, I work with him now, and it's and we have a great working relationship, and you know, and obviously a great father-son relationship. So it's, mm. I mean, it's 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 incredible. He's, I mean, he's really my hero. Yeah, wow. And and, and he's my mentor too. You know, it's. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously, he's also a great resource. <laughs> you know, ring him up, Dad, how does this EQ work? You know. <laughs> do you remember Do you remember the first time that you played an instrument or picked up an instrument or played some music or performed or whatever that first experience was? Uh, I remember... Um, I remember being drawn to saxophone, strangely, at a very young age. And my parents, um, my parents really struggled when, uh, when, when I was very young. They didn't have a lot of money. 
and they borrowed money to buy me a saxophone. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I got this little saxophone and uh, that was my first foray into music, I guess. Yeah, right. Do, do you remember, like, what, uh, I guess, I guess it's a bit of a poxy question, but was there a feeling like this is something that you wanted to keep exploring? Probably not consciously, obviously, at that sort of age, but mm. did you feel compelled by music, I guess, is what I'm asking. I think the, I think the first feeling was, um, I, I, I have a memory of, um, I would listen to a piece of music and I'd say to Dad, my dad, ah. Oh, why don't they do this? You know, why, why don't they add this? Why is this part the way it is? And I was always very curious as to why the writers and the performers played what they played. Mm. And I think that was, uh, that was when I started to realize, well, maybe I should start make, making things and playing things. So it's like a curiosity about how things are put together. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I did the whole classical piano thing too, which um, I was very competitive. <laughs> so, you know, that always sort of pushes you along when you're that age. Right. Um, Were you competing with your dad? I actually was, yeah. <laughs> well, just, you know, I'd always think, oh, at his age, he ha- he was at this grade, so yeah. I have to be, you know, you know, I have to do a exam you know once a year and then i'll be like one grade ahead and yeah. which is you know it's totally stupid but uh did he have like other like you know well-known musicians coming through and you were competing with them as well no not really not really um it was i, I think it was just a piano thing You're because right. <laughs> you know i mean it's not like i mean he used to work with john farnham so it's not like john farnham would come over and i'd try and try you and know sing. try and sing you are the voice <laughs> <laughs> an octave higher than John Farnham or something. Yeah. Um, that would be a challenge. That would be really impossible. Mm. He's got an amazing voice. He does have an amazing voice. Yeah. Very underrated in on a global scale, I think. Definitely, yeah. Mm. Do you have any uh, do you have any, uh, any particular memories of him coming over to um, work with your dad? Well, they, they, they stopped working together when I was quite young. I, I, I remember going to concerts... Um, you know, towards the end of end of that chapter, um, yeah, going to John Farnham concerts. I remember going to Jesus Christ Superstar, the mm. show that he was in, um, and we went to his like holiday house in Cairns. Yeah, wow. Um, I mean, yeah, they always had a great relationship, and he was always such a warm person, you know. So, yeah, we I we I still see some of the members of that band. Um, yeah, they're a great bunch of Aussie legends. Absolutely, <laughs> absolute legends. Yeah. So I mean, you're probably being exposed to a lot of like really uh, amazing music across genres. Probably going to some mm. awesome concerts. I mean, mm. you know. Uh, my brother and I growing up, our dad was a um, musician in the um, uh, MSO. Mm. And so we were played a lot of, uh, you know, classical music and show tunes and kind of exposed in a way that maybe other kids mm. aren't. What was mm. that like for you? I mean, yeah, I remember, you know, getting a cassette of 
Sergeant Peppers and then someone would put on Kind of Blue, Miles Davis. And then, um, you know, my dad has always been into classical. Um, so, yeah, I had this real mishmash of of genres and sounds and I got into world music and, um, yeah, it's... It's 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 been good. It's sort of you know keeps you open. Doesn't yeah. keep you boxed in and narrow. You know, it's it's nice. I mean, I'm playing with um, even this project I'm playing in now. I never, I never, you know, I never would have listened to this as a kid. Mm. But but uh, y- you know, there's something in there which has allowed me to slot in. You know, even though it's been really challenging for me. Yeah. Um, it's def yeah having that broad palette as a kid def- definitely helped for sure what are the challenges that you face i mean this is um benjamin booker mm. uh that you're touring london with actually this is your this is the last show on the tour yeah that's right we've been on the road for 10 weeks um yeah i've been in in europe for two um I've never, I mean, this is going to sound insane, but I've never played, I've never, I've never really played rock music. Um, I've never, I've certainly never played punk music. There's a lot of punk, uh, you know, punk stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and uh, as a result, I've never, uh, I've never really hit hard. I've never been a hard hitting drummer, which is what you need for this kind of music. So yeah. it's definitely been, um, you know, most of the things I've done professionally have been in the electronic sort of pop kind of realm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been a great uh, you know, it's just another thing that I can sort of say I've done. I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you? I suppose if you're not known as being this mm. genre of drummer, how does one become a part of this sort of project? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, uh, and I think the simple answer is luck. <laughs> uh, I was playing, um, I was playing at a charity ball in downtown LA, and Ben Ben was there, and he, and I was playing with a bunch of um, bunch of singers, um, a bunch of musicians. Uh, that came up and guested, and it was a charity thing. And uh, yeah, he just said, "Oh, he was looking for a drummer. He just he just um, just finished his uh, latest album, which we're touring at the moment, Witness. Um, and there's a lot of soul. Um, most of the album is very sort of soul based, which is also what I what what you know. It's a background that I was brought up playing. Mm. Um, and yeah, I guess he was like, ah." Oh, Let's give this let's give this guy a go. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you uh, when did you find the drums? You know, you, we talked about sax and piano. Mm. When did you find the drums? Um, I actually found the drums kind of late. I found the drums. Well, I was probably thirteen or fourteen, and I at first didn't like it. I thought it was a bit stupid because you couldn't play a melody. Yeah. And uh, so I sort of left it, and then I was playing piano all through this time. And uh, and I was known in my high school for playing a lot of instruments, and some uh, some kids, a few older kids who I didn't really know, um, approached me and said, "Oh, I heard you played a bunch of instruments. Do you, you, we're forming a band. We're looking for a drummer. Uh, do you want to play drums?" And I and I said, "Sure." 
Why not? Why not, right? <laughs> so we played, um, we were playing Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin and James Brown, you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and to our, to the head of the music school, to to, to her um, credit, she would give us, uh, I don't know if I should say this on radio, well, you know, she'd, she'd <laughs> give us the key to the music school yeah, and right. just let us, you know, stay there all <laughs> night. Which was really, you know, trusting of it. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So we'd just stay, literally stay there all night and play mm. until our ears rung, which is probably why I have tinnitus. Right. <laughs> Do you have to sleep with one of those uh, white noise machines? No, it's not, it's not too bad. I think I, um, I think I nipped it in the bud pretty early. I wear right. earplugs everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, even, to, even if I'm meeting friends at a loud restaurant. Yeah, right. I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you've got to protect your uh, money makers. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this music is the loudest music I've ever played. Mm. So I'm, yeah, I've basically been living in earplug land for the last uh, the last year. Yeah, right. That must be a bit uh, tedious for you. Yeah. Yeah. So... You pick up the uh, you pick up the drumsticks as we can hear someone else has done. <laughs> yeah, someone else has done. Yeah. Uh, you pick up the drumsticks. Thirteen, fourteen. Start playing. What was uh, what what was high school like for you as a musician? Aside from playing uh, late into the night in the school music room. Um, it was uh, it was just a lot of e- experimenting. I I played double bass uh, in the all the orchestras. I played piano. I was taking four music lessons, yeah, so wow. I was taking classical and jazz piano and double bass lessons and drum lessons, so I was just doing it all. It sounds like you were training like an Olympic athlete <laughs> yeah. for a career in music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was great. It was, it was uh, I mean, I'm so lucky, you know, I'm so lucky that I could do all that because a lot of people can't do that. Mm. Um, and I mean... Playing in the playing in orchestras has been really great. W- was really great, you know, because mm. I learnt um, how to read music and um, you know play in that sort of format. It was it was I'm really I'm, I'm I'm at the moment I'm trying to study a bit of orchestration, and uh, I think if I didn't play or play in an orchestra in high school, it would be pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's so many different formats and so many different modes mm. uh, aside from all the different genres. Mm. Um, just understanding all the different uh, ways of playing must be very beneficial. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially, um, you know, especially for the film and TV stuff, you know, I th- it's... And, and even, I mean, everything, you know, even playing with these guys, they're like, oh, can you do this? And because I've, you know, played, I played in, in you know, a big band. Yeah. Like, you know, if they want like a 30s, you know, swing big band thing, it's, it's, it's good. Mm. Yeah. So coming out of high school then, I guess, and uh, going to university, mm. studying music mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Yeah. I guess is this where you really start to identify that, well, I guess you narrowing your focus might be a better term, not term into, into music from, I guess, a more like general school education. Yeah, I, um, 
Sorry, I went into yeah, I went into music school and uh, I I think I got a little com- I don't know. Going into uni was kind of tough because I sort of became a small fish in a huge sea. Yeah. And in high school, I was a big I was a, like you know a shark in a bloody fish tank, <laughs> and uh, it was. It was it was really good for me, yeah. you know. I really got my ass kicked, yeah. as they say in the in the jazz world. Yeah, you know, you know. I, I, I it was. I kind of. Ha- I've had a few whiplash moments. Yeah, so. I, de- I definitely heard Nick talk about getting his ass kicked. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was it was good. But um, I don't know. I was I was studying arts for a while, and I studied law, and I I was kind of a bit confused. Right. Uh, at university and and I think the f- the pressure of having my last name was also weighing on me. Yeah. And um and I was playing a lot of I mean I was playing a lot of gigs around Melbourne and I think I burnt out pretty uh, pretty early. Yeah. Just uh I don't know, I think and I feel like you know, I I went I went to a private boys school and y- you know, my last few years there they they really, I felt, uh, this is just how I felt, maybe maybe it's not true, but I felt like they really drill in the whole, you have to go to university and get a proper job mm. and get a, you know, get a salary. And, and I just was a little, um, I guess, confused when I left and went into university. Yeah. And I didn't know if I could be a musician. And um, so it wasn't actually until later, towards the end, um when I studied over here, actually, on exchange, that I realised um, that I wanted to really be a musician. And that's who I was, you know, hanging out with law students. <laughs> <laughs> as great as they were. I mean, some of them are my best friends now. Yeah. But I just felt like, uh, I don't know if, I, you know, I, this, is, this kind of work and this kind of thing isn't me. Yeah. You know. What was it like, I guess, uh, as a young adult having that, this giant... Hirschfelder shadow kind of casting over you. Uh, I mean, as I said, it was it, you know it was tough at first, but now um, you know it's it's incredible because you know I have someone to you know ring up and say, hey, how does this work? Um, mm. And um, and someone to learn from. How did you find you were able to kind of I guess step outside of that or? Um, I think by by going and doing something completely different, you know, by going going and studying law, law and um, I studied literature for a while and um, just doing other things, you know. Sometimes you got to, you know, really step out of who you are to realize who you are. Yeah, and I guess you're kind of establishing your own identity and your own, yeah, you know. Uh, your own way of being in the world yeah yeah that's right yeah um so was it uh was it when you were studying over here was that when you had the bad breakup that you uh no yeah actually it was (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was yeah i was studying in the netherlands right um and we were doing long distance and it just you know long distance is tough yeah long distance is hard man yeah i've done it three times now and it's right so you're a sucker for punishment yeah that's right (laughs) i just came out of another relationship that was a long distance relationship you'd think i'd learn right yeah if you're going to london don't be in a relationship (laughs) yeah yeah uh so i guess when you did completely i guess come into your own 
sense of being a musician. You're like, yeah, I'm going to be a musician. I'm not going to do the law stuff. I'm not going to mm. do the academic stuff. Mm. I'm actually going to follow this mm. passion of mine. Mm. Uh, how do you kind of go from that into, well, I guess when you made the decision to move to Los Angeles and you're playing with some of these amazing um, projects? Um, well, I think... Um I th- so when I when I moved back to Mel- when I went back to Melbourne from studying in Europe, I um, I started working at um, a law firm as an intern, mm. and uh, I actually started playing with one of their clients. Funnily enough, and uh, who was that? Uh, that was Chet Faker. You're right, and. Um, he, you know, ended up being pretty huge. Yeah. And I sort of, you know, was finishing law school and was still, and was touring, um, you know, the last two years. So I, I went straight from finishing school to being on the road full time. And uh, so, I don't know, moving to LA was kind of seamless in that I was already on the road and it mm. just made sense. Um, I, I I was actually on the road while I moved. Yeah, right. You know, I left Australia and went to Europe for three months and then never went back to Australia. I just went straight to L.A. What was it like, uh, like that, your first kind of experience of being on the road and living on the road, living that kind of lifestyle? Um, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I'm 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 someone who really loves to travel, and you know, ever since I was a teenager, I'd save all my money to travel. Mm. You know, that the first thing I ever saved for was I went to Costa Rica when yeah, I was right. 18. You know, and you know, I just did like a student tour. You know, I think I I worked in a little village for a bit, and um, so I was always I always just wanted to travel, always. So um, yeah, and then I went on exchange. So it was kind of easy. I, I was I was always someone that wanted to put myself out there and see the world. And touring touring is a great, it's it's a great thing, but also not a great thing for that. Cause, right. Because you see a lot, but you don't see a lot. Yeah. You got no time. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you know, I I had a week off in Berlin once when yeah. the first time I toured Europe. So what did you do? Uh, I was dating. Uh, I was dating a Canadian, of, of course, someone who lived on the other side of the world. <laughs> That's what I do, I guess. And uh, yeah, we 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 rented an apartment and uh, just rode bikes around the city. It was cool. Yeah. You know, went to a few, you know, discotheques. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of them. Right. And they, you know, one will open and then it'll shut a, a summer later. And yeah. Three more will pop up, you know. <laughs> the cycle of techno life. It's a very transient yeah. uh, existence. So what was what was the, so the first tour was this European tour? I guess what was it like to be in the inner sanctum as this project is just growing kind of exponentially? It was it, it was pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, when I first started playing in that, I was uh, I, I was a little jaded with playing music. So you were like 24? No, I was, yeah, uh, no, yeah, I was 23, 24. Um, but I was, I was, I was playing weddings and, and yeah. bars and I was, I was just, I just wasn't really happy doing that stuff. Um, 
and I thought, and when he asked me to play with him, I thought, ah, oh, you know, I actually did it because my sister was a big fan of his, right. <laughs> and a, and a bunch of my friends really liked him. So I thought, oh, you know, let's well, let's give this one try, and then if it doesn't work out, I'll just do the law thing or or something. Yeah. I don't know. And it and uh, it became apparent that it was going to blow up pretty quickly. Um. You know, I, f- I think our first show was live to air uh, on, on radio, and I'd yeah, never right. done that with anyone before. You know, I was like, "What is this?" And then the second show was in Sydney, so, and then we went to South by Southwest a, a few a month later, and yeah, I was right. just like, "Whoa!" Hit the ground running. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was interesting. You know, we we're all so young. We we're all in our early mid twenties. And uh, it was a great, you know, uh, foray into electronics, working with electronics. I'd never done that before. Um, But yeah, it was interesting. It was definitely, it didn't feel like the natural workhorse progression (laughs) of, you know, your standard band. (laughs) Which I'd been, you know, obviously on the other end of that for a long, since I was a teenager. What was the biggest uh, venue you played in that project yeah. or in general well either um we played a stadium in turkey we played to seventy thousand people actually in lisbon fucking hell yeah what was that like it was actually a bit stressful because my in-ear monitors broke oh jesus <laughs> yeah it's, uh but it was but it was it's a great rush yeah. I, I love uh i love you know it's just a great rush playing is there much difference between playing seventy thousand and playing seven thousand? Um, no, it's all a C at that point. I I actually found I would actually rather play to seventy thousand than seven. Right. I think playing to seven people is terrifying because they're they act they're individuals. <laughs> you can see them. You all. can see them there. Yeah. You can maybe put a name to the face. Very loudly judging you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and all your projections. Yeah. But once you get into the, you know, thousands or even high hundreds, it's just a mass of people, mm. you know, is it's it, a body. Is it just like, uh, I, I always just imagine that it's just like this I- incredible, incredibly intoxicating energy exchange. Mm. Yeah. You're just putting out and there. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's the biggest rush I've ever had. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I'm still here. Still here. I'm still on the road. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, when Chet Faker, like, how, how long ago did you stop playing with Chet Faker? That finished uh, almost two years ago now. And you got to do, so, like, you were playing on national television in America as well as... Yeah, yeah. What was, what was all of that? Sort of, is it all just this big whirlwind? Yeah, yeah. We played, uh, we played on Ellen. Um, I've actually done more TV work with Ben in the last year. In the last... Well, we've only been playing together for... Since since February, yeah right. Um, I saw you did Conan with him. Yeah, we did Conan. Did you meet Conan? I did. Yeah. What was that like? He is like a caricature. He's he's <laughs> right. of. Uh, I mean, he's just like larger than life. Yeah. I mean, literally, he's like six foot seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's a really lovely guy. You know, really warm, very welcoming. Uh, everyone I've met, you know, all the TV things have been great one of my favorites was um actually jules holland that we did here 
uh, earlier in the year, and he's he's just he was incredible. You know, he just he wanted to jam, and yeah, right. We were playing and soundcheck, and yeah, it was it was a that was a real rush. I used to watch that show as a kid. You know, I, I used to watch Conan too. Yeah, <laughs> I used to love the sketches on Conan. Yeah, Preparation H Raymond. Yeah, um, I mean it must be. It must be pretty cool to kind of be existing in this stratosphere where you can actually be on shows that you watched as a kid and you're mm. probably mingling with musicians mm. that you yeah. have respected and mm. idolized mm. growing up. Mm. Is there anyone, uh, are there any experiences in particular that stand out from that? Oh, I remember I did a gig um, with, uh, I did a gig in Chicago at a festival and the band playing before us was this is a bit of a nerdy reference but there was a band called Lettuce so they were playing just before us just after us sorry and uh, and I was so amped up and so excited that I ran off stage in the like 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 30 seconds before we were supposed to go on yeah. <laughs> and I ran up to uh the drummer and was like oh my god I'm such a huge fan I've transcribed like your solos and I love that I love that live album in Tokyo blah 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 and he was like alright great thanks I mean he was great but that you know that was probably the first like wow I'm hanging with these dudes yeah you know and then we did the other really surreal one was um, I played FYF and and Travis Barker was playing just before us with Run the Jewels and so I was seeing him set up and seeing him walk around and then Kanye played right after us yeah right and that was just like I was just like what world am I in <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's cool when you have that kind of perspective though because then yeah. I think you don't take it for granted oh no no I think that's yeah that's key just to be really grateful and you know sometimes I get very you know j- I feel I mean you know you get tired especially you know when you're on the road for 10 weeks and you're in a van and you just think oh man I'd love to be at home eating ice cream watching uh, you know Stranger Things or something yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day I'm I'm doing something that I love which is amazing you know do you so, get time to catch up on your television shows I um I'm not, I I uh I'm I'm pretty bad actually. Right. I'm I'm uh, I've been watching The Wire for about three years, <laughs> so I'm I'm halfway through season four. Is that the one with the kids? I haven't watched The Wire. Oh, okay. I tried. I tried. Okay. I should probably try right. harder. Right. Right. <laughs> well, shameful yeah. admission. I'm you know I'm, I think I'm two seasons behind on Game of Thrones. It's just one of those things where you know I'm just busy. Mm. You know, lot lot going on. So yeah. So I guess to circle back to uh, where we kind of started this this point about how you came to start playing with Ben. Mm. Um, look at me casually calling him Ben, Benjamin Booker. Um, how's that been? You know, we kind of spoke a little bit about the the difference and the transition, but mm. I guess learning new people's rhythms and a, and a whole mm. new band's um, mm. uh, like schedule and the way that people work together and all that sort of stuff 
Yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty, uh, it was tough. Um, I feel like it was, we'd, I mean, uh, we'd never played together, I- anyone. Um, and it took a lot of work. And it was, and it, and it was, it was hard, um, you know, because, you know, there's obviously a lot of pressure for us to kill it straight off the bat <laughs> yeah. from, from, you know, uh, all sides. Um, and, and again, it was one of those things where, you know, it's not, a, he's not a new artist, so, you know, working, you know, he's, we didn't have time to you know, rehearse for weeks and weeks and weeks. So, uh, but I guess that's the part, that's part of being, uh, you know, session guy. Um, but yeah, it was, it was tough, but we're getting there. You know, it's, 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 it's definitely getting there. Mm. It's no, cool. The sound check was sounding fucking rocking by my ear. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. I hope you brought earplugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've got some spare. Yeah. <laughs> Um, some toilet paper in there too that works all right yeah you know don't from experience d- yeah don't put it in too deep right yeah you don't want to get it stuck you've had that happen to you before i haven't had that happen but i've heard right yeah that would be very unpleasant yeah that would be unpleasant so is uh is you know you said before being this is what being a sessional musician mm. is do you have aspirations to be the kind of front and center man or to have your own established project or do you just want to I guess establish your brand across these different platforms that you're doing it um I would I'd really love to start my own project I I I've never wanted to be a front man I've never wanted to be center of attention um you know which is why I opted what drifted towards the session thing more than anything else and I guess even my instrument choices were more you know, auxiliary, (laughs) you know, rather than being the guitar singing guy. Um, But I would definitely love to, you know, write more, write for my own project more, you know, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where you need time and, you know, I got overheads. I got overheads, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Like everyone else, I guess. But it's, you know, it's, I'm, I'm chipping away. I'm definitely chipping away. I'm definitely chipping away at the composition thing. That was one thing I wanted to really focus on more, you know, once I stopped playing with Chet Faker because we were just touring constantly and I was, um, you know, I think coming back to um, having a successful composer father, I was always a little, I don't know, should I, you know, should I do the composition thing? And he's, um, he's done some of the biggest films yeah. Australia's produced. Yeah, yeah. But once, you know, once I really started working with him and he was showing me that thing, um, yeah, I, I started doing it more and more and it's just one of those, it's, you know, it's going, you know. But, I'm you know, I, it's, I really love touring and I love writing and I guess I'm just trying to do, do it all, mm. you know. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if I should be concentrating on one. <laughs> But, uh, you know. I think we're all just figuring it out as we go. That's true. Yeah. So you're composing um, for, like, TV commercials and yep. and films as well? Yeah. Yeah. I work for a... Um, I've done a few things for a couple of um, music houses in LA. Um, I did a... I did my first big um, TV campaign in Australia this year. 
which was really fun. Um, and I did a documentary with a friend at the start of the year that I don't think's come out yet. Uh, but yeah, I'm just trying to do it as much as I can. Mm. You know, I do. I've, you know, I love doing like fashion films, and um, you know, I did a student film. Um, but yeah, I just um, I just want to do it all. It's it's funny. It's such an expensive vocation <laughs> being a musician. You know, especially being a you know doing the touring thing and doing the composing thing. It's I feel like you know. If I finally get a decent-ish paycheck, it's just like, well, I've got to buy some software. I've got to... Get some samples. Yeah, buy the samples, buy some instruments, <laughs> replace some drums that have been knocked around a few too many times. Yeah. Well, I mean, from your point of view, I guess, you know, with the kind of age of the streaming service, it's kind of put record labels or just mm. the more independent record labels mm. I guess uh, almost out of a job because the gateway is there but then there's no money to be made from it's it's really production. it's really really hard I, I I am always lamenting living in the age I do because you know if 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 we were having this conversation um, 20 even 20 years ago, certainly 30 years ago, uh, I'd be, you know, I'd be making a, a great living, mm. you know. But I, I know people who are playing in huge bands and writing for huge, huge artists. And, you know, they've got nice apartments. But if, they're, if they were doing this 20, 30 years ago, yeah. they'd, they'd all own houses. You know, big houses. So it's just, uh, it's, it's just the, the times mm. aren't too uh, kind to us creative folk right now. Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess that's why it's important to branch out and do yeah. other things like yeah. composing. Yeah. Well, that's that. Th- that definitely became apparent to me is quite uh, at a young age. You know, and to get back to growing up in a household, I was under no you know false assumption that being a musician was uh easy because my you know i mean my dad's very successful but he uh you know he struggled like everyone when he was you know even even when i was a kid you know i saw the struggle Mm. um so i yeah i always i knew it would be a rough ride yeah did your old man come from uh, like a musical family no, no uh, well, his parents weren't weren't musicians, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, his sister is also very musical. She played in the MSO too. Oh yeah, yeah, she was she played French horn. No, oh, that's what that's, um, what, uh, that's what our dad played. Yeah, uh, but no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think my great grandmother in Germany was. Um, was a semi-famous pianist right. that used to play for... I don't know if this is true, but someone told me that she used to play for the Kaiser. Right. You know? <laughs> so... Yeah. But we we have a whole lot of old manuscripts that belong to her. Yeah. Um, which was cool, you know? 
So yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It r- rolls deep somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the notes course through the veins. Um. So, you know, in terms of your, uh, in terms of your composition, uh, are there like films that you look at as like these are the sort of scores that I want to be making, or are you just kind of establishing what your, I guess, what your vibe is in that world? I'm, I'm definitely still, um, I'm definitely still finding my voice. I haven't been doing it that long, um, but I, I mean, I love mixing, you know, electronics with orchestral stuff. Uh, which is, you know, incredibly, uh, uh, you know, it's a pretty broad thing to say because everyone does that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely still, um, you know, still figuring it out, you know. I feel like, you know, being doing the session thing for so long, you kind of become this chameleon. So um, I think it's taking me longer than it should to find my own voice because it's, it's almost been ingrained in me play other people's things and be this and be accommodating to someone you know uh but you know it's it's fun yeah i like uh i like you know doing a bunch of stuff it's funny you know thinking the uh the the older i get the more i you know you reflect on things and where you're at in in life Mm. at certain points and i feel like when i came out of film school which is now 10 10 years ago Mm. that like Okay, so on a on an educational scale, mm. by comparison to school, mm. okay, I've just finished kindergarten. Mm. So it's like, so you come out of this degree and you think you know, you think you're ready and you think mm. whatever, but mm. actually then the next like 10 years, that's your real like mm. education yeah. um, or your master's or whatever you want to mm. call it. I think mm. that's where you're really starting to, I mean, n- not for everyone, but, mm. I, and then I think once you kind of, starting to get close to that 10,000 hour mark yeah that's when you're starting to yeah you know really find your feet yeah I still feel like I'm processing you know as, as you hinted to I'm still processing everything that I was exposed to as a kid and that I studied and um, it's just a lot to get through yeah you know absolutely What's your, you know, you, you said, you mentioned earlier that your kind of barometer growing up was like comparing yourself to where your dad was at at certain yeah. points in time. What's your barometer for success now? Uh, that's a really good question because it's, I feel like it's always changing and it's especially changed for me in the last few years. Um, I think it's, uh, it, I think it's staying... I think it's just keeping perspective and staying um, grateful and uh, and not getting jaded, you know. Just just um, just trying to keep it real, yeah. you know. Just um, I think yeah, for me, success is just keep is just to push on, you know, because it gets harder, <laughs> you know. Life gets harder, yeah, and. Uh, yeah I don't know was that a good good answer probably not <laughs> just gotta keep leveling up <laughs> yeah 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 I mean I I used to think oh I need a house and I need you know I need a lot of money but um, I think you know being a musician as we spoke about is just so hard um, I think just 
just survive just being able to earn a living is 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 that's success for me you know um i mean i'm happy with just just being able to get by as a musician cuz not a lot of people can do can do that yeah um yeah well sam thank you so much for uh inviting me to come to soundcheck and do a little ramble in london when we're both in the same place hey my my pleasure and i'm sorry it was maybe a little louder than uh, expected no, that's all right we'll just have to turn this episode up a bit or down i don't know one of the two um i uh, i end every uh, every podcast with the same question question is what makes you silly what makes me silly oh what makes me silly you know what makes me really silly? Sugar. Sugar. Sugar makes me so silly. Right. If you want to see Silly Sam, <laughs> feed me a few Kit Kats. Right. What 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 does Silly Sam do on a few Kit Kats? I don't know. It's like someone someone uh, hooks every fiber of my being up to a um, a car generator and turns it on max, <laughs> and I start exploding. Right. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Sam. My pleasure, Al. Thanks for having me. <laughs>